When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family with Packmaster Ruff, W. Basham, MD. Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen. Co host, Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. And of course, Timmy Lammers with us. Tim is here. Is that a twins hat? Timmy Lammers. There he is. Are you wearing a twins hat? I am. I just, you know, like we we talked about this last week. I, I just like the hat. It's a great hat. <laughs> it's not like we're going to win twins. I mean, you know how I feel about that. We already won. I know, but they got to win. They got to do more winning. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's got to be painful for fans. That's for sure. The season is long. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Yeah. Too long. 162 games, man. Come on. That's a, That's a lot. lot of games, man. Yeah. They still make a ton of money off of it, so why not? That's mm-hmm. very, very true. Well, I mean, even if the average person goes to, what, maybe 10 games a season? Average person probably does not go to 10 not games. Not even? No. One, mm-hmm. oh. one or just two. One. Expensive. Yeah. One, or one or two. two. Well, I mean, Dan so goes... how many people does the twin stadium seat? I don't know. I think 45,000. So 45,000 times one ticket, which is what? Well, they vary. They vary from probably a thousand for the front row seats. What I mean, an average person is going to be spending probably like, forty bucks. Yeah, I was going to say fifty. You think yeah. it's that cheap? I don't know if it's that cheap. I think anymore. you can get some really bad oh, seats. Oh, yeah. into the outfield for yeah, really, the really nose cheap, the though. nosebleed seats. I think you can get in there for forty bucks. So that's two point two million dollars per game right there. Oh, just tickets. That's pretty good. Uh, that plus, barely pays a baseball player for a day. But concessions. <laughs> you so you've got to basically double the price of a ticket because oh, yeah. between. One hot dog and a small Coke, that's another $570. Well, so. and, and, and merchandise is year-round. They sell merchandise. merchandise so they're probably making yeah. about $4 million per game. Well, uh, I don't know. They don't fill that stadium. You're going on the assumption, though, that all these games are sold out. I yeah. mean, what is the average attendance, though? I wonder. I would imagine it's a lot lower. I don't know. Particularly for the Oakland Athletics. What was the, what Nobody was the attendance goes. for a recent game? The average attendance is 22000 for the Twins. So, okay, $2 million a a game. That's still a lot of money. It is a lot of money. $2 million times 160 games. No, 100 times 81. 81? I think you said 160. 81 are are on the road. Yeah, home games. Oh, I see. Well, let's see. $2 million times $81. That's still, how much is that? $162 million just from tickets? Yeah. Or just for home games? And... And the stadium, who does the stadium belong to, actually? I think Minneapolis-St. Paul. It belongs to the state, doesn't it, I think. So the Twins <clears> lease <throat> it? Um, yeah, I think that's true. Okay. Let's see here. And yeah, because they... I think part of that surplus went to paying off or making a payment on something. Maybe it was on the uh, other stadium in town. The owner is the I Minnesota Ballpark state Authority. State. There you go. So, oh, okay. yeah, it's Minnesota. The state of Minnesota owns it, yep. Okay, and then they can rent it out anytime they want for whatever they want, too. Yeah, indeed. Okay. Concerts, whatever. Mm-hmm. So Timmy, Catherine, and I saw a movie that nobody else in America liked, and we both <laughs> liked it. <laughs> okay, what? What, what is a shock. it? 
<laughs> it was uh, called what? Um, Hypno- hypnotic. hypnotic. I liked it. I, I did too. That a couple of weeks ago yeah, on the, uh, the the morning show, and again, it was one of those movies that I'm trying to think if it was a dead. You know what it was? Guardians of the Galaxy came out, and generally with something that big. Then you don't have a big heavy hitter coming in the following week right, because then, right. then you're splitting the tickets and, and you know, but yeah, Ben Affleck, it's a very, very interesting concept. Yeah. Um, it seemed like BS at first until they started explaining things. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And and you talk about a terrific cast. I mean, obviously Affleck, he was he was terrific in the film, yep. but Alice Braga and uh, William Fickner is always terrific. So in Robert Rodriguez, I, I mentioned on the show when I reviewed it a couple few weeks ago, the guy is a great filmmaker. So, I mean, they had all the right pieces in place. It's just that when you release a film from, I'm not kidding you, Ketchup Studios. Yeah, it's Ketchup Studios. There's not a lot of power there. Okay? No, that's Most true. your Disney's or your 20th Century or, well, which is part of Disney, but you know what I'm saying, and, you know, the uh, universal or, you know, yeah, ketchup. What the hell? I mean, I, I'm shocked that this thing didn't get bigger distribution because it is a really decent movie. Is that ketchup with a K or a yeah. C? Yeah. It's with Condit. a K. Catsup? Catsup. Huh. Is it spelled the Chinese way? Good morning, Kristen. <laughs> well, it's spelled like Heinz. Good morning. Kristen. Hey, we were talking about hypnotic. Did you see that movie? I did. We've talked about it on the morning show, too. Yeah. I'm Tom is like, he is like the biggest promoter for this. I don't well, know. Ben good. needs to hire you for promotion. I didn't bring it up, though. Catherine and, and Tim brought it up. Or maybe yeah, well, Andy. brought it up a second ago. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Never yeah, heard of it clearly. in my life. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm starting to think he's on Ben Affleck's payroll. Here, look at my here, right yeah. hand here. Look over here. By the way, it just goes to show you that box office doesn't really mean anything in terms of the quality of the film. Sometimes it does. But there are times. Well, look, I mean, look, independent films generally make big bucks at the box Mm -hmm. office. They're acclaimed. They get all the awards, you know, the nominations, et cetera, et cetera. But they're, you know, a large part of, uh, you know, large amount of independent films are really good films. So, you know, you can't look at a box office score and say, oh, well, yeah, that's that's great. I mean, yes, um, I like Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought The Little Mermaid was terrific. I mean, yeah, those they did. They did big box office. But then you got stuff like what the hell did I read? Oh, the Spider-Man was OK. I didn't I didn't like it as much as other people. But Transformers. Now we're talking into the rinse, recycle, repeat of uh you know summer movies where we're getting the same thing every summer and just because it's going to kick ass at the box office this week doesn't mean it's a great film now i haven't seen it yet so i'm not going to prejudge but there have been some terrible terrible transformers movies and there have been about what 20 of them well it's got to be getting close to at least almost 10 Almost ten. Let's see. What are they? Fast and Furious franchise. Basically, yes. It's basically sci-fi Fast and Furious. You got a bunch of cool robots blowing stuff up. Well, you got that base fan, fan base. Base fan. Base. That will go and see anything. Do they have Vin Diesel like Guardians of the Galaxy? Oh God! What a for a while, believe it or not, their star was Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I remember. 
And then and he then did the they... whole the he will not divide us thing, and people kind of were like, this guy is a little crazy. Shia and Megan Fox. Yes. Yep. Yeah. There yeah. are eight and, uh... Transformers movies as of this sub- next September. Oh, the eighth one is coming out. Only the eighth eight? one's coming out next <laughs> only year. Only eight. Talking... That's hardly any. There's only eight? Mm-hmm. There needs to be more. Are you counting Bumblebee in there? Because yes. that was a spinoff. And that was actually a good film. Because they didn't try to throw 50 different Transformers in there. I mean, it's largely surrounding Bumblebee. And, it, it you know, so it was more character-driven, if you can believe it. <laughs> it was. <clears throat> And uh, so, and that was a good movie. So, I mean, I just think what happens is, is you get a huge hit and all of a sudden the director has a lot of clout and they can make it the film as long as they want to. And they're going to stuff as many different pieces of machinery or mm-hmm. characters or whatever in there. And it's going to get longer and longer and longer. And it's just the same thing over and over. I'm falling asleep by the time the thing it's the end credits, you know. Well, so Michael Bay hasn't the directed them since Bumblebee. It's for me. They go on like 20 minutes too long. Most movies seem to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do go on. They, you're absolutely right. They go on too long. Oh, and the other added bonus for Hypnotic is only an hour 30. Oh, there you, there you go. Destin oh, no, and Dad can watch it <laughs> so joyfully. Also, we have to remember a movie like Hypnotic, people have been trained to wait for that to come out in on streaming. You know, you've got 45 oh, yeah. day window yep. now. Right. And you're like, if I'm paying for a babysitter and snacks and admission, I'll go for like a big, huge movie like a Top Gun, but I'll I'll wait for Hypnotic to come out. Although with the special effects, I would think that that would be a good movie for a big screen. Yeah. Yep. So it yeah, sounds a lot like Inception. Is it? Is it like Inception? Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Okay. I'll say in a yes, way. I mean, I don't remember. it's not nearly as good as Inception, <laughs> but it is still. It, yeah. It is. You're right, Andy. It is very comparable to that film. So and and Kristen, I don't even think it took 45 days for this one to hit streaming. That's um, amazing. If the the window's getting that short for some mm-hmm. films. Well, you know, yeah. uh, Renfield, which I thought was going to do a lot better. Did I did not. too. That trailer and, uh, oversold it. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 but I still liked it. I like Nick Cage. I think in two weeks um, it was on, well, what they do is premium video on demand. So it's not like they're taking a big hit. You know, if you're going to rent premium video, it's going to be 20 bucks. Yeah. That's so true. I don't know how much you rented hypnotic for. 20 bucks. <laughs> Twenty bucks, but yeah. So that's that seems to be the, it's happening more and more. I expected it on Peacock sooner than this. It will stream on Peacock at some point because it's a Universal film. Um, but uh, knock at the cabin. I don't know if you've seen that yet. That's mm-hmm. a really good M Night Shyamalan movie. What? It was shocking. He's had so much. Yeah. Never it was, yeah. What What's movie? That? What is it? A knock at the cabin. I haven't even where heard of this. Dave Batista and Rupert Grint. Dave Batista is fabulous in that movie. He really is. He wants to get away from the um, what do you call it? the Guardian stuff, uh, the muscle bound stuff. He wants more characters. And you're right, Kristen. I think he kicked ass in that movie. And but shockingly though, it made a pretty quick debut on Peacock. As did Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear. That might have taken bear. 45 minutes. I oh, love Catherine Cocaine loved bear. Cocaine Bear. It was so you know, funny. They have their <laughs> I mean, these movies used to be where your only viewing option was VHS. 
or eventually DVD. And it seemed like forever for them to come out on those um, platforms. But now that, you know, Universal, this is their streaming, you know, their streaming service is Peacock. So, right. you know, why not rush it to that if it's not going to make money? What was the delay? Or why not rush it to premium VOD if it's not going to make money? You might the- as well- NBC is doing such a huge focus on Peacock, not only just with scripted and bringing their movies to streaming, but also you've got the Olympics coming up. This is a huge investment for them. They're mm-hmm. making a big push already, even for 2024. I think it's smart. What, what, was, what used to be the uh, delay for VHS or DVD or Laserdisc or whatever Laser you were doing? Oh, Laser Windows. <laughs> Disc. Uh, yeah, it used to be a theatrical deal with the, um, I mean, with the theater owners because oh. they want that movie to play as long as they can so they can mm-hmm. make money. And the longer a film is in theaters, the more money they get from the each actual week, Each month. Sale. Yeah, it starts off where the studio takes a much bigger percentage than the actual theater owner gets, and then that drops steadily um, down. So it gets to the point where, you know, when it gets—I don't even know—do we have dollar or two-dollar theaters anymore? I mean, that was straight up cash for them all of a sudden when they could—they were only charging a couple bucks, probably the same amount that they were getting at one point when it was a huge hit. So. You know, we always got to get back to this theaters make their, their they stay a, a, a open because of their concessions business. And that's why I never complain about paying, you know, eight bucks for a popcorn or whatever, because that's what keeps the doors open, at least initially for those big films. I got to tell this very quickly because it came up on the morning show. <clears throat> I started last night watching the Johnny Carson show from the very beginning. And I'm going to try to watch all. There's like 25 seasons or something of it. There's a lot. But last night, Johnny Carson, this was from February 2nd, Alex's birthday, but it was 1974, so you weren't born yet. You weren't around quite yet. You weren't around quite yet. Carson came out and he said, boy, I cannot believe the economy. Things are really changing around here. Things have gotten so much more expensive on the way. And he was being serious here, by the way. He said, on the way in, I had to stop and fill my car up with gas. Do you know that gas is now 53 cents a gallon. (laughs) 53 cents a gallon. I'm like, what? In California. In California. Per gallon now. I paid 4.69 the other day. (laughs) 10 times more almost. Antarctica? Honest God, you paid 53 cents a gallon per gallon. And he was complaining how expensive it was. Because it had been around 30 cents. 4.69, that seems cheap. Yeah, for California. Did it really get up there? Um, that's about right for California right now. Uh, I, I think that the when they do on the news, like gas in California is $8, they go to the one gas station in Beverly Hills that is always $3 more yeah. than anywhere else. Designer gas. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so when they were always saying, like, gas is $8, I'm like, where? I'm paying, like, what at the height, I think the worst I ever paid was, like, maybe 6 when it was, like, crazy. But I think most of the time it was when it was crazy, it was like in the fives. I got to mention this too. This is, I don't even want to spend a lot of time on it, but I just, this just literally popped up on my screen. Washington Nationals pitcher, Steven Strasburg. You remember him? He won, uh, I believe, most valuable player a couple of years ago. Remember that? He's a pitcher for the Washington Nationals. Well, apparently uh, the Washington Nationals have a problem. And I only mention this because of the number. He has so far this year pitched 31 innings. 31 innings. 
Uh, he will have to retire because he cannot pitch any longer. So he's pitched 31 innings. He just signed a guaranteed contract for a quarter of a billion dollars. And you know, oh, you might have, have heard me groaning because I knew yep. what was coming, man. Why? A quarter of a billion dollars. Why? I and want they, that contract. Yeah, yeah. 31 innings. <laughs> Is Hella. he faking it? Uh, you know, that's a good question. Oh, Why? I'm deeply hurt. Is 31 uh, innings not a lot? That's no. not a lot. I don't know. Well, every, that's equivalent only three and a half games. Three and a half games. Yeah, oh, yeah three and a half true. games. Not a lot at all. There's only nine. So, there's nine in a game. Yeah, that's not much. So Do to Andy, <laughs> Andy's point, I think it was off air. Uh, baseball makes a lot of money. Yeah, yeah sure. that's why I think it popped up. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, and they have God. like four pitchers per game, right? Yeah, long gone four. are the days where, where an actual pitcher pitches all nine innings. Oh, yeah, yeah it doesn't do happen that. anymore. No, they get hurt too much. But Well, and then they pull somebody. Wasn't it against the Twins that some team pulled a pitcher out last season where they were they were going to pitch a perfect game and, and the manager pulled them out? Oh, it's just this whole pitch count and sabermetrics and all this sort of stuff. I mean, Tom, I don't watch the Twins, but I, you know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. keep up with what's going on. I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering about the whole uh, timing clock and the pitching and all that stuff. How is all, all that working out now? Because now they're limiting time. Yeah, it's much games. better, it's, actually. It's speeding up the games. It for is, sure. yep. Yeah. By the way, uh, you asked what it was. Severe nerve damage is what he's got. He cannot ever pitch again. And by the way, he had he didn't pitch this year. That was last year. He threw thirty one innings, so he hasn't pitched when at did all he sign this the contract? year. Last year. <laughs> there has to be some wow. stipulation that they have to perform on some of the contract yeah. before they here, have to pay them for the rest of time. They have to pay him thirty five million dollars annually for the next eight years. Oh my God! Oh, he he must be a good. He must be going. God contract. bless nerve damage. God bless yeah. nerve damage. It depends on the kind of nerve damage. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I would guess it was. It has something to do with his uh, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is you're probably right. Very painful. It de- yeah, Go it depends. back and watch the video where he signed the contract and see if there's any indication. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Steven Strasberg. Oh, oh, I can't sure. do it. S B U R G. Joe Maurer had, he stopped playing yeah. and they had to pay Bilateral him a ton of money. Weakness. Bilateral yeah. leg weakness. <laughs> I've got that. I was going to say, don't we all have one weaker side? That's kind of just. Well, that would be unilateral leg. Yeah, that's unilateral. unilateral. Oh, yeah, totally but oh, both, both of the legs are yeah. weak. Just so weak. Maybe you should do something about that, Joe. You know, hey, I have to chime in with a text quickly. I'm going, Joe from Louisville is listening. He told me to top, stop talking smack about the transformers so sorry about that <laughs> joke. So, well there you have it i didn't want to say anything no apparently strasburg <laughs> has a history of nerve problems oh, oh so that's no. why you should give him a huge contract with <laughs> no out yeah he had nerve pain in his neck and shoulder so he's probably got Ooh. a slip disc if yep. i had to guess probably ouch yeah. Or something See? like um, thoracic outlet syndrome. Yep. See, this is in the like, shoulder. That it's probably yeah. thoracic outlet. Having that's a nice retirement. Yeah, yeah sure for is. a thirty-four-year-old. Sure He's thirty-four He's years my old. My age. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where's my half? I could a retire on half of that. Ask your father. <laughs> I need. No. Oh, I, I would like to sign a contract, and then I'm going to come down with some sort of throat problem. Well, you I work about talk. as much as he does. Talk. Yeah. I do. Oh, and where, and there's a shot. I make very less, very much less than he does. No, you don't. 
35 million a year? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. But our sponsors are generous. Did not know. Yeah, did not know either. I've got an idea to hold this guy to something, though. Make him, make him sit him in the booth so he has to be at all 360. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, make him do something. Seriously. Something. Got to travel and disrupt his life and all that Mm -hmm. stuff like all the other players. Yep. He could be like one of the baseball park, um, you know, they wander around the the stadium and they do like live shots now. Make him put on a suit, a suit. So he gets sweats, he sweats yep. himself. He can take there. the t-shirt gun and like shoot out t-shirts to the fans. Yeah, something. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. This is the thing. I have. There are so many people that want their kids to be star athletes. Yeah. And I'm just like, absolutely. Not. Baseball wouldn't give you thoracic outlet syndrome. But probably. I mean, well, but he may have had, it, may have been aggravated by it. Exactly. That, this that's a most likely genetic kind of thing. But baseball oh, really? is actually, probably, yeah, it is probably lower. Yeah. Way lower, lower than risk. most, especially football. <clears throat> yeah, definitely lower than football. Well, like football, hockey, all of these things. I'm just like, mm, absolutely the not. Concussions. Yeah. Please We've already decided TV Ethan's not playing any. No. That's like I have I know quite a few people whose kids are in football or doing that their age six seven flag football Oof. hockey stuff like that and those are the two that I will never let my children play. I'm just like well, nope, we were sorry. talking to a professional hockey player the other night and he said the new rules and stuff which you know do they really do protect. The players, but still. he said it isn't as much fun because he used to like to beat the crap out of people. Apparently, but Great. I'm just kidding. Great. He might not do is that. There, is there that much of that anymore? Because no. obviously, when I was growing up, that was that's why you tuned into hockey. Oh yeah, blood, blood, blood. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, yeah, the uh, first 
hockey game I ever had that I played a ton of, Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey hey on yo. Nintendo 64. There he is. There's All we hockey. would do is we would chase players around and check them until they got so <laughs> mad that they'd fight us. <laughs> like, hockey, why? Yeah, why play hockey when you can just start fights? And that was like a key component of the game. You didn't get anything out of it. But you could fight other but, players but because that's so what fun. hockey was known for. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. All right. We'll close this story out with one last comment, that's which I just funny. saw. Oh, dear. Quarter of a billion dollars for 31 innings. He gets the money for the next seven years. And Crazy. unfortunately, the Washington Nationals do not have disability insurance. Oh, Why wouldn't you have that? Oh I know. Uh, because that you can't really get it. A lot of places are not offering disability well, yeah, insurance that, like, anymore because disability and having a disabled ooh. person, like, you know, into memory care or something like that is $10,000 a month. Well, they, not to they mention, just don't offer it anymore. Good luck insuring someone for $37 million a year yeah, on disability yeah, insurance. No insurance company is going to pay that. Plus, well, the insurance industry is collapsing bills. anyway. Home mm. insurance, it's yeah. disability mm. insurance. Well, there should be something in a contract for that much money where it's like if you don't perform, Absolutely, you get half. Absolutely, they should, yes. You still get you still get money. You still get. But if you can't play, if you're not doing anything, yep. you get half of it. We're gonna give you just ten million. Yeah, exactly. Just ten million. Be able, I think you'll be able to handle ten million a year. That's only seventy million dollars over the run. Yeah. That's not enough. But it, but it will be interesting to see if pay or play contracts go away or or uh, do like get cut yeah. in half. Or They're going to. I bet. I mean, they have to. Yeah, they this doesn't do make any yeah. sense. No, they don't have to because we pay our entertainers a lot of money. Yeah, this is do. nothing for the entertainers. I know, but yeah. we pay them no. to entertain us, not uh, to just. I know, sit but there. You, but this is the potential for entertainment. <laughs> No, it, it, it's all entertainment. It's all well, entertainment it's like, budget. But, I mean, if you go to a concert and if you get tickets to a concert and the concert gets canceled, generally speaking, you get your money back. Or you get mm -hmm. a ticket to another concert that they're going to do it in the future. That's because of insurance. Yes. That's because of insurance. Yeah. Oh. But I'm just saying but, it's not just like, oh, it's a loss. Sorry. Yeah, but you, you they still, make, they this, still get though, all the money Alan. and you get nothing. We're talking about the people who buy tickets the legitimate way. If you buy yeah. it through a reseller and yeah, you pay right. $1,000 yeah. for Taylor Swift, You're out. how does that work? I wonder I how the, the resellers, I mean, yeah. the, the, I'm not talking about the guy in the street that's scalping. I'm talking <laughs> about the ticket is it Ticket King or whatever? Ticket I would master. There's Ticket Stub King, no, StubHub, the, the like resale Would they refund like an Adele and in Vegas, I, don't I mean, know. people. You heard horror stories about that situation when she first canceled her Vegas run, and mm -hmm. people spending gobs of money. They were already thousands. in Vegas when she canceled a lot of them. Oh my God! Oh. So I doubt they got their money back. Although she claimed that she was going to make good with all these people. I don't know. Did anybody follow up on that? I don't know. I haven't heard a thing about it, honestly. Stop but yeah, Bob there's a will... big risk there when you are going out to the secondary market, which it's, it seems like most of this stuff is secondary market now. If you're going to legalize this whole scalping thing, because that's what it is. I'm sorry, it really is. I don't know why they ever legalized it here or anywhere. Uh, because these people can buy up blocks of tickets and make a gob mm -hmm. of money on because these they don't things. want to spend time policing this. They just don't want to do it. Well, they, there's uh. a new bill in Congress. It's called the Springsteen <laughs> Swift or like Bruce and 
Taylor, but it's because of their two situations with Ticketmaster. I don't know, you know, how much it will actually, you know, help the situation, but it is something that Congress is working on. Hmm. StubHub yeah, will give you 120% of the value of the ticket back as StubHub credit. StubHub so you don't credit. get your money back, but you get money toward another ticket, basically. Well, that's something. Well, it's that's something, something, but it's yeah. still, I don't know. They you're get still... to keep the money still. They're not yeah. out any money. Yep, exactly. so you're out money until you go to a concert. Right. Yeah. Now, Kristen, you were saying about the insurance um, industry. It, didn't two large insurance carriers leave California? Yes. Allstate and State Farm have exited home insurance in California due to wildfires and that situation, similar to what's happening in Florida. So it's, it's interesting because the insurance industry is essentially saying that climate change is here and it's affecting specific states first. Um, and, and that's the thing, like it happens to California first, it means it's going to reach the rest of the country at a certain point. So all state and state farm have left the state of California due to the state of the state? <laughs> due to the state of the state. Due to, due to the wildfire state, situations, state, state, they've state, been paying state. out so much in Northern California. Northern California has been affected by the wildfire season tremendously over the last decade. Yeah, it has. Less so here in Southern California, but they're taking a statewide approach. What a world. What a world, what, what a world. That's world. all I know. So if insurance companies have to pay any kind of uh, uh, damages, then they just leave. It's a bit like auto insurance. They increase, why don't they just increase their premiums like auto insurance? They And they do. They increase premiums for everybody around the nation. That's what is so... No, but they should increase the only people who live in the forest in California. Well, that would be ideal. But yeah. I know even in Florida, I've seen situations, some homeowners are paying $45,000 on a year on a policy that was, say... Ten eight thousand dollars just a few years ago because they live in a hurricane zone and now they're they're paying for it. Well, they do seem to love to build homes in areas that have traditional flooding and problems. But but you know that whenever you build them in these areas, it's just like you, you, you when you build in the forest, you're enjoying the forest. There's a reason for that. But I man, that thing burns. You're gone. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you said Tornado Alley. Yeah, what was that one city that got hit? I don't know, three times yeah. by a tornado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the people that build building a floodplain on the Mississippi River. Yep. yep, I know. Yeah, it's called the floodplain for a reason. They probably shouldn't have building permits for those areas. Well, it's I'm hubris. It's like saying we are more powerful than nature. Right. So you know, even if there's yeah. floods, we can still beat them. And then or anyone a that lot of the time that's in not Malibu because that gets hit with wildfires and mm. then mudslides after, after Wild that. Wildfires, mudslides, earthquakes, yeah, all sorts of reasons not to Actors live there. Actors and actresses. And the other people, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Come on, but you could be Barbara Streisand's neighbor and get invited mm-hmm. to her mall in uh, her basement. God. She has a mall in her basement? She has a, a, a real life mall in her basement. You mean like a retail what? mall? Why? Are Not that pictures? you could go shopping there, but like each little store has like a theme. Like she has her That's dolls weird. and her wrapping store. And but why would you have a store if nobody can shop? There? Well, it's not a store. It's a basically it looks like a store. It's it dressed looks like up a as store, a store. And then when you have company over, you like go down to your mall. And I mean, it's legendary. Mm-hmm. Why? You got, and then you get gifts. Pictures. Yeah. Do you get to choose Maybe? things as a friend? Maybe you can stand next to her Oscar. Babs friends get to <laughs> yeah, bar, bar meet. Uh, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. yeah. There's like a sweet shop. Really? There's 
in her basement. Yeah. In her basement wow. in Malibu. Bee's yes. doll shop. Why? She likes because shopping. She can, because she has, she has so nothing better to do. She's yep. yeah, this is her basement. There's like a little old timey car. and Oh my I God. Her, 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 the grounds of her estate are beautiful. Like lots of wildflowers. She's got like a barn. She's got like a creek running through. My friend was her personal assistant for a long time. And like... Barbara would come up with ideas and she'd be like, how many awards have I won? And they'd have to like go down to the basement and be like, okay, you've won like 15 Grammys and like this amount of golden globes and they would archive it. So they have like a huge, like it's basically going to be a Barbara Streisand museum. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah. I will, yeah. I will okay. never forgive yeah. her for Jingle Bells. I'll never forgive her. It was her. the worst song I've ever heard. Jingle Jingle Bells, Jingle Jingle Bells. Oh, God, it was horrible. It really, 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 really made, it really made me. I hate Christmas. I became Jewish because of that song. So I love Barbara. her. I interviewed her. Have you interviewed her, Tim? No, no, I have not. Uh, I interviewed her, her for our road trip. I think the movie she did with Seth Rogen, mm -hmm. you know, mother son, like buddy movie. Mm -hmm. And they flew my mom in to interview. They had the two of us go in and interview Seth and Barbara together. Oh, cool. And it was such a cool moment because my mom's like, this is so glamorous. This is amazing. I Cute. love this. And when we went in and sat across from Barbara and Seth, I looked at my mom and she has bangs. Her bangs were shaking. She was so nervous. <laughs> I could see her hair going like this. Cute. And I was like, oh, no. Um, and we only gave her one question just to keep it like, and her question was to Barbara and like her voice was shaking, but Barbara oh. was so kind. And then we walked out of the room, and, and Tim, you get this, because oftentimes it's like four minutes at the oh. four seasons. For, you know, it's so fast. Mm -hmm. My mom walked out, and she's like, I am never doing that again. How do you do this all the time? <laughs> um, you know, because she was hoping that they were going to fly her for every press junket after oh. that. But that, <laughs> then she got in the room, and she's like, forget that. I don't know how you do this job. <laughs> oh, yeah, four minutes, I'm telling you. It's weird, because you watch... I'll watch different interviews or whatever on YouTube and it's four or five, six minutes. And it seems like, God, this is, this seems like an ample amount of time. But when you're in that chair, it's like a running wind sprints. I mean, it just goes by so fast. And I, when I actually started doing them, I got six minutes. Wow. So now they're just cutting back now. time. And yeah, the shortest one I ever did in person was three and a half. I think with Ben Stiller, for some reason, I don't know why we only got three and a half with him, but for the most part, it's four. And did they, does this happen to you, Kristen, where, okay, well, last week I was promised 10 minutes with John Goodman and Walton Goggins for I The Righteous Walton Gemstones. Goggins. Love Walton him. Goggins is the greatest. He's okay, the so best. Check in. The 10 minutes went from 10 to 9. By the time I started interviewing them, they started wrapping me at 6. So really? It, it, I don't know why that is. If somebody else is going over their time, you know how that works, Tom. Yep. You know, when you're on a press, they're doing a press uh, tour and because somebody goes over, you're screwed and then you're get given less time. So my 10 minute interview. Nice, though. When they tell me last question, life. I sneak in another one. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Because, yeah. uh, you know, oftentimes, too, and, and you know this, Tim, like you get the person that either gives you terrible answers that are short winded and you're like, OK, you're only going to give me four words for an answer. All right. Or the person that gives you the 16 paragraph answer and you're like, I've got to get to the next question. I can't yeah. just have one question in this four minutes. So and you're, describing, you're describing to me, John Goodman and Walton Goggins, John Goodman's answers were very short, uh, very succinct. 
Walton Goggins went on forever and ever and ever, but he is just such of a, this is the first time I talked with both of them, but Walton Goggins, I've heard you've interviewed him before, Tom. Yep. Such a damn likable guy. Great guy. And his so character Goodman, on the actually. Righteous Gemstones is freaking hilarious. Yep. Yep. Uh, scumbag, uh, he's a televangelist that will do anything to sell. He, he'll sell his soul if he can make some money on it. And uh, he was great. So it was, yeah. So I ended up getting maybe three questions in, three or four questions in a six minute period of time, which was, again, supposed to be 10. No, he right. Wrote, and you're hoping, uh, like, normally in a four minute, you're hoping to get three questions out. So it just, you know, in your brain, it's just frustrating because you're like, I want to get these good sound bites and I've got this good follow up question. And sometimes you just can't get them in. Mm -mm. He broke but big you're on right, though, Sneaking that last one in as long as there's time. You can start with one second left, and they can go on and on. So that's great. What time? Yep. No, he broke big on Justified, right? Walton Goggins, broke? you know, yeah. guy's been around a long time. Oh, I was has, shocked yeah. how much he's done. Um, but uh, Justified was big for him. He was mm -hmm. on The Shield, remember, with yeah. Michael Check? Oh, yep. yeah. Um, and he is so damn good in The Righteous Gemstones. But he's in a lot of stuff. I yep. mean, the guy is constant. Oh, he... I tried to get a question in because he's worked with Tarantino a few times. Mm. The last couple, three films, um, and I was trying to get, you know, a little hint if he was going to be in Tarantino's upcoming last film, which right. is the film, the movie crit. Retirement film. He wouldn't, he wouldn't budge. He said, oh, man, uh, I see what you're trying to do here. <laughs> <laughs> I see what but you're trying nice to do. But he was nice about it. You know, he was very, very cool about it. He says, no, no, everything I know is hermetically sealed. Nothing's going to get out. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. What's the status on the writer's strike? Any, oh. Isn't that funny how that's fallen by the wayside, Kristen? You're a lot closer yeah. to that situation yeah. than I um, We talked a little bit about the morning show, too, in that uh, a couple things have happened because... People forget there's a writer's strike, but there was also Directors Guild negotiations and Screen Actors Guild negotiations. Directors Guild have a tentative agreement, which is good because if the Directors Guild did not come to an agreement and their um, contract ends June 30th, what would have happened would be an immediate shutdown across the board, oh. similar to what we experienced in the pandemic. Oh, dear. So the good news is they'll get a... A wage increase. Um, they've worked out sort of their their AI situation that you won't have an AI director, which I think is an easy um, argument for the directors compared to some of the other guilds like Writers and Screen mm -hmm. Actors Guild. Mm -hmm. um, and then they got a seventy six percent increase on foreign residuals, which is also a big win. Screen Actors Guild, they did vote, I think it was like 99.7 or something, or 97.9% um, voted to strike if they need it. So it's an authorization only. Negotiations start tomorrow. Their contract ends June 30th. So they've got about three and a half weeks to decide on a contract with the producers. And then when it comes to the writers, we are in week six. Yeah. And, yep, it's and they have on. not gone back to the table whatsoever. Oh, well, they're just out there marching. The producers have done nothing. Why? So it's interesting that why? I found out. I'm sorry. Why? 
if you're if your film is in production, you th- th- those productions are in trouble because usually they have writers on set to do rewrites on the spot. But all of a sudden, they can't. So that's a big deal for film production. And Maybe. So- a lot of them have been shut down and <clears throat> they aren't continuing production. And then some people are just delaying because they don't want a picket line to shut them down. But also, all eyes right now are on Deadpool 3 with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds, who is a member of Writers Guild and, of course, Screen Actors Guild. But they're very concerned because he can't even improvise. So, And that's a big thing for him because that goes against the Writers Guild contract. So as an actor, he literally has to stick to the exact script as written when they started production and the strike started. If he veers off of that, he risks a lot of penalties mm. and they can shut down the production. Hmm. It's going to be a, then without his uh, his improvisation, it's going to be just awful. Well, exactly. That's yeah. what makes <laughs> the Deadpool character to begin with. So I, I honestly am surprised that they decided not to delay, but I'm sure like delaying that is also millions of dollars of costs each day that they delay. So it's not an easy situation. No, six yeah, weeks. And there's a lot of, you know, obviously Ryan Reynolds is in it, but you got Jackman is in that one. I've read that they're bringing some other X-Men people into it, like Halle Berry. So, yeah. Organizing those schedules is near impossible. Yeah, exactly. And then just the cost of, of getting those folks in there. Right. So... Good luck. <laughs> oh, yeah, my. and the the cost, and uh, Tom and I discussed this, it's $30 million a day for the shutdown just in the state of California. That does not include Whoa. New York or Louisiana God. or Georgia or you know, anywhere else. So it's That's... a huge cost. So right now, still, though, the, the, the most obvious ones that are being hit are the talk shows. The talk shows, although I will say that Yay, the daytime good. soaps are, are just about in jeopardy because other than Days of Our Lives, Days of Our Lives shoots six months out. They are okay right now. Um, but when you look at Young and the Restless, Gold and the Beautiful, and General Hospital, they are going to run out of scripts sooner versus later. So it's it's a tough situation for them. Yeah, I think Young and the Restless did uh, old old version or old uh, film. Uh, whenever the the last writer strike, I think that that yeah, they showed old yeah, episodes. Yeah, old they episodes. can do reruns, or they can do they even during the pandemic. You know, you show like General Hospital can show Luke and Laura, and that will get people to watch. But you have to remember the crew is out of work. Yeah, the you know the Screen Actors Guild would be out of work. All the actors, uh, it's tough because, and Ralph, as you know from living here, the support industries are super important. Um, they rely upon the entertainment industry chugging along. It's all a Burbank. All of Burbank or support industry, Studio yeah. City, yeah. Yeah. anywhere near the Grove, um, which is by Television City. All of those really rely upon the foot traffic and, and people at work every day. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope they get it resolved. If they're not even talking, that's not a good sign. No, it's not a good sign at all. And my guess, everyone keeps asking me, and I go, my guess is that they'll resolve it right before the Emmys because they want to have their award show. Um, they don't want the award show not to happen. So my, my guess is like by early September, right before the creative arts Emmys goes, and then the primetime Emmys are the 18th. They'll be like, oh, well, let's, let's just wrap this up because the producers want their awards. How long was the they, last night? Sorry. 100 days. I, do they get a lot of public sympathy? I mean, the, 
All these people make so much money. There's I know. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, much who cares money. about these yeah. rich people being slightly less well, rich? And I just right. want, but I mean, the writers, <clears throat> I know that they don't usually get the money that they deserve because without the writers, they have nothing. But yeah, it's just, I don't know if there's a lot of public sympathy for this industry. Well, again, it's kind of, it's like Kristen alluded to, though. It's the below the line people that. Yeah, it affects the writers, but it also affects all these other people that are working for the production. Right, but do, do people who are realize people that? People that are really, really suffering because they don't make that sort of money. Yeah, right. And so, we have to remember that, like, for writers, it used to be if you worked on a you know network show, you're writing, let's say, 22 episodes a year, and you are you're going back to work in let's say May, and then you write all the way through like what I call the school year, you know, all the way through um, May of the next year, that kind of thing, or or April, you're done. So you almost have like a full-time job year-round. Now, because of the streaming, you're writing eight episodes here, 10 episodes over here. You're jumping from Netflix, and you're like, okay, after eight weeks, I'm out of a job. I've got to go over to and find something else. So everything is kind of like gig work, and you're working essentially part-time and you're trying to earn money to make enough money to be able to get health insurance for your family within the guild because you have to earn a certain amount and now that residuals have been lowered because of the streamers like the middle class writer who used to be able to support their family and buy a home here in los angeles they have been completely left out of this equation Hmm. but the directors could uh, tolerate a strike much more more than the writers and the directors you know, aren't following union kind of etiquette by saying, hey, we're staying off work to support the writers. We're going to get this done. That's what they do in Europe. You know, when when one person has a grievance, uh, they shut down the trains. You know, they they have to stick together, and they're not sticking together. So, hundred percent. And and Screen Actors Guild is voting to stick with the writers if good. need be. So. And that's the thing with the authorization went through yesterday. They have it in their back pocket. And if the actors are not showing up to work, that is also a complete shutdown. So I think, you know, if they have to pull that card, they will, because you need to get everyone back to work. We can't be having, you know, writers, actors, directors all out of work over this. This is ridiculous. Well, it's interesting how an industry who's constantly telling everybody else how to live and to be, you know, generous and all that stuff is acting the other way. <laughs> it happened with the last writer strike. People people went to Canada and worked outside the union. I mean, they, they, don't, uh, yeah, they don't. They don't walk the talk. Yeah, I know. We, I, and the teamsters aren't involved. If the teamsters were involved, then no one would be crossing those picket lines, and these strikes would not <laughs> right, be settled. Right. Teamsters right. would take care of it. Didn't they? Right. And, a lot of productions film in Canada anyway, though. Yeah, but but still, that's that's outside the union. They would go there during the last mm. writer strike, and they would go there and work. And oh, no one said anything. And oh, no, you're not crossing the picket lines. I, I just I just found that I don't know. It's not union etiquette. You don't cross picket lines. You stick together. You stick together. You get what you want. That's Philadelphia Steel, baby. I know. <laughs> so right now, then, boiling things down. If you have a film that's waiting to go into production, you're just gonna. If your script is complete, as long as you can stick exactly to that script, you can go ahead and start. Is you that can, okay. and, but you know they are. Some of them are. Uh, if right. you're targeted by the picket line, they will shut down the production. And there have been some teamsters that have refused to cross picket lines, and have shut down some productions, and they're just on hold until the strike is over. Yeah, but t- yeah, teamsters will they'll stick with you. 
Yeah. And it's happened in, in a few situations here, but there's not like a, an across the board situation where we're like, okay, great. We're all going to adhere to this strike. People are working. And even in Screen Actors Guild, they said, if you have a contract and you are supposed to show up to work right now, you have to go to work. That is in your union contract right oh. now. So they're telling everyone you have to go to work. Breach so of contract is a legal matter. You can't just not do it. Right. Yeah. So, so the union negotiated a contract that says you you have to cross the picket lines. <laughs> How spineless is that? Well, if you, <laughs> yeah. there's a contract, there's a contract. You know. Yeah. yeah you it's crazy. So it's and it's you know it's nerve wracking. You if you have to go to set, you're just like, oh, I hope I don't have to go to cross picket lines. I heard one woman say she's like, I've been going into work. She works at the studio, but her husband is a Writers Guild member. She goes, I go into work at 5 a.m. so I don't have to cross the picket line. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, can you tell me, uh, Kristen, you would know again that this, Fallon was paying the salaries of his people for a while anyway. I mean, how long can they continue that sort of thing? Or or has he stopped already? What about Colbert? What about Kimmel? I mean, I know that some have tried to step forward a little bit and just keep their people going. So when this thing is over, they can come back and work again. But uh, is... Do you know of any productions that are still doing that? Any talk shows? Because, again, those are the first people to go. It seemed to be, you know, the night of the, the, the day of the strike that evening. I mean, all those shows had to have been kaput, right? I mean, yeah, that and Saturday Night Live immediately were shut oh, down. Wow, that's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, Fallon was an interesting one because everyone else was saying, hey, we'll pay this out for the duration. And Fallon was like, you've got two more weeks. <laughs> and everyone's like, well, but Stephen Colbert's paying his staff like the whole time. And so is, is Kimmel. So um, I know that there was some sort of kerfuffle going on with that. And it seems like I think Fallon felt pressured to go and pick up the rest of his staff's salary. Um, and I don't know what the follow through, like, is that continuing? Because he said, I'll pick it up for the next few weeks, thinking maybe that the strike was going to be over soon. But I, I feel like if they were not being paid right now, we would be hearing about it. Mm. I have a question for you Especially where the other shows, like Colbert and I know Kimmel made a commitment to say, like, hey, I will pay for, for this duration. You're not going to lose your homes or anything else like that. Uh, my question is, do any of those shows, Fallon, any of Kimmel, any of they have no viewers left. Nobody watches those shows anymore. They don't, but um, network-wise, and, and there was an interesting article, maybe, I want to say maybe about eight weeks ago in The Hollywood Reporter, and they said, you know, we are going to start looking at these a little bit differently in terms of budget, things that may go away, like remote yeah. um, location situations or any type of, like, the live band, that may go away, um, because those are things that they don't think really makes a huge difference to the show itself. No, none but the at all. The cachet of right. having the Tonight Show is so entrenched in the brand of, let's say, NBC, that they want to keep that. But um, they also realize that the value of their shows is really about social media, YouTube, the oh, clips that sure. go viral the next day. So even if you and I are not watching at 11.30 p.m., they still see value in it the next day and moving forward. And I understand there was ABC, NBC, and CBS back in the day, but Johnny Carson used to draw a lot, about 40 million viewers a night. Yeah, mm -hmm. but there were four channels. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. <clears throat> but there were less people. Mm -hmm. And way less. There was one talk show. Yeah. And when he got out, was what, 93? So yeah. yep. Fox was still even in its infancy in that era. Yep. Mm -hmm. No, that's absolutely true.
And he's paying 53 cents a gallon for gas, damn it. It's way was, too expensive. That was a nightly show, wasn't it? What? Johnny Carson. Yeah. Yes. And it was yep. 90 minutes originally yeah. when he it was, started yeah. airing. Yep. Mm-hmm. 90 minutes long, 90 minutes of talk. That, it's a damn good show. That must have gotten to be a slog after Yeah, that's why he cut it while. to 60 yeah. minutes. Yeah. That was that's, work. That's but unfortunately, work. he didn't live much longer after he retired. He only lived a couple of years What did he die from? I know he was a huge smoker. Yeah, he, he was a big smoker. He had lung cancer. Yeah, did he? That'll do it. I don't Let's know. Not a surprise. Johnny Carson. He was one. Of, he was the best of all time. Don't you think? He was very. Oh, good. as far as interviews, yeah. God, but he, he was the good. thing difference. He was. He was a personality, not a comedian. And they try to take comedians mm-hmm. and put them into this role. Yeah, it's two different skill sets. Completely. And, and you can have both. Yep. That's unusual. No, that you want a personality who can do interviews and you know talk to people and you know put them at ease, like you, Tom. I mean, you you you're. You know, you're you're a great comedian, but yeah. you really are a personality. So Why is different. Kristen laughing at me right now? Uh, I'm looking at her. She's laughing in my face. I can't believe this. <laughs> you're full of personality, Tom. You're, you're a disaster. How many times have I said, you're an absolute saint. Now we have the cameras. You're a saint, Tom, yeah, for see, living with us. I'm a, a saint. saint. Yeah, 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 so it's much. Full of I, I so many. I picked up, like, Tom Lingo now. I'm like, calm down. You're a disaster. Johnny Bernard, you're a goddamn disaster. There you go. Johnny Carson smoked four packs a day. Oh. That'll give you what's called conversational dyspnea, where you can't breathe when you talk. Can you imagine? Remember when they used to smoke? and drink on the show oh too. yeah so, dean martin <laughs> just wait okay there's 20 hurt. cigarettes yeah. in a pack right <laughs> oh 20 yep. packs That's 80 cigarettes 20 a cigarettes well, so in a how pack. long does it take to smoke a cigarette five minutes seven yeah. minutes i don't know I was <laughs> seven. No, I, I think you're right i think it is about seven six point two three minutes yeah how long should it take this yeah, there that's on there let's see if you're really like then six minutes to smoke a cigarette on average six to ten eighty cigarettes a day so 480 minutes 480 so that would be eight hours right no can you imagine what the writer's room was like? Yeah, eight hours Carson straight show? of smoking. Eight hours. Did, did he smoke on the air, though, or not? Oh, he sure. Did he did in the early yes. years. He did, yep. He so always had a heater going. It, 24 hours in a day, minus eight <laughs> for sleeping. I, you know, you got to be can't. eating and showering and stuff. So it's, it's probably <laughs> My about... My mind is just being blown. <laughs> eight hours. In there, so he I was know. having a cigarette salad. He wasn't eating. Yeah, yeah he was basically just true. smoking nonstop and having the entire whiskey. day. Like, that was it. It was like whiskey and a cigarette. And yet he made it to 79 somehow. That's Andy, would you look surprising. up something for me? Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Uh, look up... Um, who's it? Rod Serling, the Twilight, the Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, he was another huge smoker. I think he smoked like six packs of cigarettes a day and died at fifty-two. Yeah, he was yeah. not I very old. I can't even old. walk through a cloud of cigarettes. Smoking. No, I know. No, if there's somebody in a car smoking next to me, I'm like, huh? mm-hmm. what do you got, Andy? He was fifty actually. He was only fifty. Rod, when he died. Rod oh. Sterling. And yeah, he had smoked three to four packs a day. Oh, because they oh, said it was God. like six. So older than but he was. 50 too. is not very old. <laughs> no, so. it's not. No, not old at all. And he died of something not related to smoking at all. No, he d- he had multiple heart attacks in a row. Yeah, that's that's, well, that, well, that's, that's smoking. That's yeah, because yeah, yeah. No, I, know. I, I was <laughs> joking. I was joking. No, you weren't. One time I was 52, uh, Tom, was what? Roy Orbison. Yeah, Roy Orbison died at 52. Yeah. And that guy looked... But, you know, his life, and I don't know what sort of life that, you know, of stress that Rod Serling had, but certainly Orbison losing a wife, losing, I don't know, know, one or two sons. Was house burned down? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So, you know, it's like part of it you say, yeah, maybe he was a smoker, whatever, but you got to believe going through that personal stuff. 
It's not a shock that oh, he actually God, no. died of a heart attack at age 52. Mm-hmm. No question about it. No, no question about that. You know what's crazy? What? So Rod Serling dies 1975, 50 years old. Uh, let's see, 2020, that would be 45 years later. Mm-hmm. His wife dies and is buried next to him. Really? So she waited 45 years Aww. after his death to get buried next to him. That's pretty sweet. So she waited she after his death. She lived a whole other death. life without him. Isn't yeah. that crazy? She lived longer after his death almost than he lived, yeah. period. Right. Yeah. She was 90 years old, so she made it Amazing. pretty good. Remember Did he have any kids? Did Sterling have kids? I don't think so. Uh, two. He had two kids? I didn't know that. So they never got in the business? Uh, I don't think so, no. What, I wonder if there's any residuals from uh, the Twilight Zone. Oh, Man. God, it's on every channel. But are there residuals? I mean, those contracts were Yeah, they were. Yeah. Oh, different. It might have been ahead of the residual contract, because yeah. I know, Probably. like, Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island era, they did not get residuals. God. <laughs> yeah, he had two daughters, Jody and all in, didn't he? Uh, speaking of the Brady Bunch, let's... Uh, Fix this ordering here. Let's put. Here's the story. Uh, I can't. I can't put Alex in the bottom left. It won't let me. Of a man uh, named Tommy. Well, you can go yeah. here. What are you doing? Trying to do, do the Brady bunch. Brady bunch. Oh, I'm Alex. Look up. Nope, now you're Alex. Gotta look over you know, at each other. We need like Jude in one. Are we? I should be in the bottom we'll right. And, yeah, we need a. Yeah. We need an older woman to go in the top left. Yeah, but wait a second. Because it's by age, youngest on the bottom and oldest on the top. That's what it was? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yep. There you have it. You know, for a while there, you had two purple shirts on the left, all three women in the center, and the two guys who are the same age on the far right. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, where's our maid? Maid? Alice? No, well, Andrew, <laughs> yeah, where is Alice? Where is Alice? Alice? Oh, that's right. We don't Alice have a maid. Alice is in the center. <laughs> yeah, where is Alice? Alice she we was, don't have a she maid. Was the center of the yeah, eventually, Alice Andy's went Alice. in the center. Yep, I'm Alice right now. Damn it. Yeah. Getting back to that, yeah. that whole yeah, who Andy got paid for Brady Bunch, it was Sherwood Schwartz, correct? Right, yeah. I think so. Screwed everybody? Sherwood Did? Schwartz. Right. And you can buy the Brady Bunch Sherwood house right now. Schwartz. It's on sale for over $5 million. Five million. Well, that's a little better Five than. Uh, Where is it? Sherwood. I thought it was a set. It's in Studio City. It's really in a cute neighborhood. Huh. Sherwood kept all the money, correct? Though he never gave, he never gave in, and no. And Robert Reed, I often fought um, over his contracts and the scripts as well. But he was someone that used to because he was a serious actor doing, you know, the Brady Bunch. Right. But he often fought with Sherwood Schwartz over that. Oh, and then same with Gilligan's Island too, right? Yep. Yeah. The only two, I'm sure he did more shows, but what other famous shows did he do besides those? I would imagine so. I don't know. I don't know. Those two were like burned into my brain because they were reruns yeah. like oh so consistently throughout my childhood. Gilligan's Island was such a stupid, so stupid, stupid show. Yes, it was. It was, it was, it was not good. And I loved it when I was a kid. I mean, coconut <laughs> radio is just the dumbest idea. In the <laughs> coconut Why radio? coconut? Because <laughs> I didn't oh, have any on a, a deserted island with coconuts. Well, but make That's... it out of like a rock or something that makes sense. Coconuts all full of water. It's going to mess up your radio. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that was the conductor. No. The coconut <laughs> water is oh, yeah, There's electrolytes in coconut water. That is true. Oh, so right. Yeah. I'm going to have that in my head all day. And his wife. Mm-hmm. And a laxative as well. So. It is, yes. A laxative. Coconut Boy, water? Yeah, coconut water. You drink too much coconut water. It's that, got a bunch of like, fiber floating in it. 
Man. Yeah, that's it, why they were all thin. That's a lot better. Yeah, just, well, that's oh, a lot better go. song, Kristen, than the one I had in my head for a day and a half. What was that? That Nancy Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Bang, bang, bang he shot me oh. down. Bang, bang. Why did you have that I in your don't head? have any idea. Huh. If I heard the word bang, I could have come up with bang a gong. I could have come up with she bang. Chitty, chitty, bang, bang. She bang, she bang. She bang. Oh, please, oh, baby, bang, bang. Please, American Idol for She bang. That was funny. <sighs> Don't get that one stuck in your head. And and did yeah. Frank William Sinatra Hall? sing that song? Bang. No, Nancy. No, no but Nancy did he did. sing it too? No. I feel like he sang it too. No? Okay. What a terrible song. Yeah, so, why um, is he shooting you? Why was that Nancy? a song? Well, it's, 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 it's a Jimi Hendrix song. Oh. Joe, where are you going with that gun of yours? Where are you going with that gun in your hand? Baby, let's see. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. I think it's uh, probably a euphemism for being turned down. For being oh, what? Be shot oh, turned down, down instead of shot down? Yeah, shot down. So what yeah, is well, it? I was five and he was six. Literal. We rode on horses made of sticks. Oh, so it's about playing cowboy. That's it? Yep. There you go. Oh, the whole song is about playing cowboy. Being murdered. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. <laughs> here I thought, thought she was being, being murdered. murdered. Yep. Yeah. Seasons came and changed the time. When I grew up, I called them mine. He would always laugh and say, remember when we used to play? Bang, bang, I shot you down, etc." Yeah. So, yeah, well, it's about playing cowboy. Well, she sang it like it was, you know, yeah, very bang, bang. E- emotional. Like it was yeah, I, bad. My... Well, because he's dead. <laughs> he was dead? No, seriously. It's, <laughs> the guy's dead, so it's a memory of them being kids. Oh, indeed. So, there you go. Uh, well, There's the sad part. Yeah, that's a strange. It's a strange. That's a strange situation. Yeah, that that was in my head for a day and a half, and I hated it. And I, well, she was like, "Who sings that?" I'm like, "I'm pretty well, sure it's you should, you should listen to Ricky Martin instead." Yeah, she banged. She banged. Yeah. Yes, right. I should have. Ricky Martin, or okay, what was that Asian guy's name? You remember the okay. meme? Oh, oh yeah, from Hung? American Idol. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. William yeah. Hung. William, William Hung. Hung. Yep, yeah. William oh, Hung. William That's Hung. That's right. Yeah. That was funny. I wonder what he's up to these bang, days. Bang, bang. No, I'm going to be. That's, you're Great welcome. Time. Great. You're welcome. William Hung. Yep. Yeah. What's the, what's the nickname for William again? Bill? And Bill. Bill. Or Will. Or Will. Or Will. Yeah, I Bill or Will. Yeah. Well William Hung. Hung. William Will Hung. Yep. Great. Will Hung is not doing very well, though. He's not. Two really? divorces and a gambling addiction. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> Well, that'll do it. That's so. not good. I bet you he milked that American Idol thing for as mm. much as he could. However, he again. is a 73rd generation descendant of Confucius. See? So, oh. there you go. Anybody could claim that. Yeah, really. How are you going to prove that? Yeah. How are you going to pr- misprove it? You no, know, I am also a 73rd generation yes. descendant yes. of Confucius. Prove I'm not. Yeah. All right, we got one minute left. Who wants to close it off? We were watching excerpts from oh. the Life of Brian, and they had uh, they had a lot it. of odd names. Oh, is it the that, best of? Oh, yeah, the best of. That's a, that's good. The best of Monty Python's a really good show. Oh man. Hi, Judy. Oh, Jude heard you say we're going to close it out. He gets up. Shakes, he's like, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. Okay, I have something. I have something that I need to bring up. It has come to my attention that on your morning show, you said people want to get, want me to get back on social media, and you were asked who, and you said my yeah, family. Yeah, I heard that too. That is not. That's true. not people. This we're is not false. People. We do not want you to get on social media. <laughs> we're not people anyway. Never, never would <laughs> we right, ever. Never mind. I'm not getting on social media. Maybe you could do like um a. Instagram Live or a Q&A with some of your listeners. No, that would be good. fun for we them. We could definitely yeah, do that. Yeah, that could work, yeah. We should do yeah. that. 
You, that way you don't have to type anything. In oh, so you, I can't That's type. Traceable. That's what you're saying. Tom sucks at typing, so let's come up with something <laughs> we else. We don't want anything traceable. It's but, yeah, we don't want this lingering up there. People find a way to rip you, though. People will find anything. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they, they, will. they love Breathe to go after other people. And they will hate on you. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I know. All right, that going to do it? Yep. Indeed. Well, look at that. All so. right. We'll have a great day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Right, See ya. Thank you.